0: So yeah, as, as I've mentioned a couple of times, today is, today is Pentecost Sunday. It's kind of a day that we generally recognize, we, we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, on the early church not, that happened not too, not too awful long after Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, and to the best of my recollection, and during my short time as a pastor, um, I think I've always preached out of the book of Acts on, on Pentecost Sunday, um, that, that out of the story, the narrative that tells of that particular event, Uh, If you want to read it, uh, it's a a great story. It's a wonderful story. You can find it in Acts chapter 2. It's a really cool narrative that really, uh, once again, just kind of depicts this incident, this tremendous feeling of the Holy Spirit among many, many, many people. And then what happens afterwards is Peter, y'all may remember Peter uh, from the Gospels, and the guy that kind of put his foot in his mouth a lot of times, but he wound up ter- wound up being a wonderful church leader there in the early church. Uh, the Holy Spirit's poured out. Peter Peter gives what is now referred to as his Pentecost sermon, and people respond. As a matter of fact, over three thousand people responded to that sermon and became followers of Christ, became members of the body of believers, body of the Church of Christ, um, following that following that incident. So again, it's a really cool incident. If y'all want to read about that, uh, generally that's what I preach on Pentecost Sunday. Not so much today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go my own way a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit today. Again, we had a great talk uh, last Wednesday. We went through the Book of Acts here in our Bible study um, about the Holy Spirit, but I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit but from a slightly different angle. Not so much the outpouring, uh, but I want you to understand that. The work of the Holy Spirit encompasses so many different areas. Uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us. It, he convicts non-believers, and he, con, and he convicts believers alike. Uh, the Holy Spirit guides us towards our growth into Christ's likeness, and he pushes us, and he, and he prompts us toward action, uh, toward carrying out the work of God, toward carrying out the, uh, the, the work of God of building the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. But here's the thing, the Holy Spirit also equips us to be able to do these things so that we're not alone, so that we're not trying to do do God's work in and of our own uh, self-will, in and of our own ability. Because in all honesty, we really probably couldn't do that anyway if we tried. So the Holy Spirit actually equips us, and that's what I want to talk to you guys about. Whether you're aware of it or not, you've been equipped. You have been gifted with certain talents. Certain skills, certain certain abilities, and I don't hesitate to say this, of a supernatural nature. It's not something that came to you. It's not something you're born with. It's something. It is. It is just like your salvation. It is a gift. So this equip, this this equipping that we're provided is is solely a gift to us, and it it is of God. It is of a supernatural um, nature. The gifts of the Spirit enable us, me, you, the, what we call the body of Christ, the church, to be. The agents and the ambassadors of Jesus, like we talk about so much here, uh, to again to carry out our primary mission, which I hope all of you guys know by this point, what our primary mission is—to be and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So I want to read to you a little bit about this out of a, out of the book of uh, First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter twelve. It's going to be verses. It's it's kind of it's a longer passage than I normally use on Sunday mornings, uh, but it, but it, but it's a really good passage and it has a lot of really really great information that talks about the equipping of, the, of God's people with the Holy Spirit. how, how that what that kind of looks like. So take a look at here. Uh, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4, and I'm just going to read straight through it. Uh, there are different kinds of gifts, <clears throat> but the same spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it's the same God at work. To each of one to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. just as a body, though one, has many parts. What's that word? But. I thought it said out. I was <laughs> confused. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it, is with, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. I'm going to break that down for you in just a second. That's the word of God for the people of God. We will be going over First Corinthians here in a couple of weeks at our Bible study. But if you remember anything, if you have ever been taught anything about the book of First Corinthians, you'll know that it's not a it's not a very friendly letter. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on at the church of Corinth, which is who this letter was written to initially uh, by the Apostle Paul. A lot of uh, a lot of carnality going on with the church, a lot of really unhealthy spiritual behavior. So uh, what happens is at the beginning of this letter, it's it's Paul is basically writing writing them to. To rebuke them uh, for all the stuff, that's, all this carnality once again that was going on within the church. But he's, remember, Paul's also a pastor. So, as a pastor, um, Paul wants also to encourage them and he wants to guide them and he wants to point them in the right direction. So, what happens is, is as, as he, after he goes through all this rebuking, once we get kind of into the letter towards the middle and towards the end and we get up here to chapter 12, Paul starts instructing them on spiritual gifts, all of these gifts that they have been provided through the Holy Spirit. So in verse 7, he reminds them, To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. For the common good of what? For the common good of the community. Think of our own local church. All of these spirits are poured out to us individually for the common good of our local community. Also for the common good of the global body of Christ for our good, for those involved inside the church, for the good of those outside of the church. This is why we are gifted in the first place, individually. And then you know Paul goes on to talk about all of this stuff being part of one body, right? So it's all, it's all, it's, it's all working together. It's this beautiful mechanism, this beautiful uh, machinery almost, where all of us are, 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 are blessed to have these individualized gifts, these very specific gifts that God gives us. For the purpose of building his kingdom, for the purpose of of spreading the common good both inside and outside of the church community. And then he lists lists a number of these gifts. Um, I'll just go through them real quick. He lists wisdom, knowledge, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues. If we were to read a little bit further into the chapter, uh, into the same chapter, he mentions these as well. He adds uh, a few more like teaching, helping, and guidance. And this is really just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Uh, This is not an extensive list of all of the gifts that the Holy Spirit pours out on us. There's other gifts like administration, uh, evangelism, what we call exhortation, uh, faith, giving. Giving is actually a gift. Mercy, pastors and shepherds, uh, and the gift of service. So there's all kind of gifts, once again, that the Spirit pours out to us uh, for the purpose of building His kingdom. Every single one of us. Me, you, every single one of us here today has been gifted with certain talents and certain abilities, certain gifts that will help us work together as one body, the church, to fulfill God's mission and purpose. All of us. And understand this. (laughs) These are truly gifts in every sense of the word. I'll talk to you a little bit about that. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if the gifts that you are given spiritual gifts that you are given are in conflict with some of your general nature or general disposition. In other words, don't be surprised if your gift is a surprise. Like, hey, this this gift doesn't look like me. This is, this is kind of outside of my character. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that in a second. I know that probably don't make a whole lot of sense right now. But when that happens, that is evidence of it actually being a gift. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me give you an example. Let me give you guys Myself as an example. So I've talked about this behind, up here behind the pulpit on a number of occasions. I'm sure I know I've had this conversation uh, with the vast majority of you guys probably at this point, whether it's been a one-on-one conversation or uh, whether the topic has come up in a, in a group conversation, whatever. Uh, a lot of you guys know this about me already. But I am absolutely 100%, no doubt about it, no ifs, ands, or buts, I am 100% an introvert by my nature. It is my natural state of being is to be an introvert. It's the way that I was created. I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed over it and asked God to remove this, <laughs> remove this curse from me and thus it hasn't happened yet but that's alright. God knows what he's doing and I don't. I just want you guys to understand that. That, that is who I am. That's how I, that, that, that's how I operate. That's how I think. What does that mean, though? If you don't know what an introvert is, let me, let me tell you this. What does that mean? Well, for me, it means basically this. It means that what energizes me, what energizes me the most is being by myself. Okay? And I know that kind of sounds funny. Most of y'all probably ext- extroverts. But what energizes me the most is being by myself, whether I'm reading by myself, studying by myself, uh, doing what I do here in the office by myself, whatever. That's what actually gives, gives me energy. Um, I, am, I, am, uh, I am drained. I am drained. My energy is absolutely 100% drained by when I'm in a large gathering around a lot of people, especially for an extended period of time. Uh, and that's just that's, that's how all introverts are that is that, that, that is a characteristic pretty much of every introvert you'll ever meet large gatherings drain us being around a lot of folks for an extended period of time it drains us, it zaps us of our, of our energy it's that exter- it's, it, it, all this external stimulation in other words, it's just it's too much for me basically And uh, it's not that I don't like people I do like people, I love you guys I really do, I promise you it's just the way that I work. It's just the way that my mind works and my body works. Um, but yeah, when I'm around a lot of folks for a long period of time, what I have to do is I have to go back and I have to re energize myself by being alone. Now, catch this I've never told anybody this in my entire life, I don't think, with the exception of my wife. But if we're ever at a social gathering together, let's say we're in the social hall, we've got 50, 75 folks, in there, and it's loud and echoey in there, and it drives me nuts. But if we're ever in a large social gathering together, (laughs) this guy's crazy, Um, and y'all see the preacher disappear, he's probably gone off in the bathroom somewhere to hide for a few minutes. To re-energize, that's exactly how I do, and I've I've done that for as long as I can remember. I'll I'll find a corner to sneak off in and and re-energize myself, and I'll come back to doing what I was doing. But that's just, again, that's just how I am. It's nothing personal. It's just the way that I'm built. Some of y'all are built like that. Some of y'all are, some of y'all are not. My wife is exactly the opposite. Sandy is exactly the opposite. You guys know that if y'all know her. She is a complete extrovert who thrives in crowds, and uh, she is energized by external stimulation. Um, Y'all have probably picked up on the fact that she very often will carry us as a couple when we're together in large gatherings, right? Particularly if it's folks that I don't know very well. So for me, um, so that's one way. That's one way. um, That's very common among all introverts. Um, Another thing for me, though, is it also, and this is not true of all introverts, but uh, but for me it is. It also means that I am a horrible, horrible conversationalist in general. Um, Unless it just happens to be, unless we just happen to be talking about something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, Other than that, I'm generally very quiet, and I can't carry on a, a regular conversation to save my life if I have to. Um, being a pastor has kind of forced me out of that comfort zone, um, but it's, it's it's still very uncomfortable for me. To, uh, it's very uncomfortable for me to just have to, to try to carry a general conversation on. Some of y'all can relate, some of you can't. Why are you telling us all this stuff about yourself, Pastor? Uh, this is why. Because some of y'all have told me, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on my back, this is what y'all have told me. Some of y'all have told me that I'm a fairly good preacher and uh, and a fairly good teacher. Uh, now you wouldn't think that of somebody who is so prone to avoiding chit chat, would you? Somebody who is so uncomfortable in crowds. You think this person like that would cringe and they would flee from standing up in front of a large room and giving a thirty minute sermon or a one hour long or facilitating an hour long Bible study, right? Sure, I mean that's 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 completely the opposite of, of my natural disposition. Uh, it's totally opposite of my natural comfort zone. But for the most part, I'm going to tell you, standing up here doesn't bother me in the least. Um, I'm slightly nervous beforehand. I'll do my little bathroom thing before we come out here. If you ever notice, 10 minutes prior to service, pastor right here, in the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, other than that, once we start rolling, man, I'm fine. I'm perfect. I could get up here and talk forever, and y'all know I can talk forever when I'm up here. But isn't that strange? Isn't that strange to somebody who is so naturally disposed to, uh, to, to avoiding crowds and, and to uh, being able to naturally converse with people would have no problem whatsoever getting up here and talking to 50, 100 or more people at one time or facilitating a large crowd or a small group in a Bible study or uh, a life group or whatever. Isn't that odd? Isn't that strange? Yep. The only way that I can explain that it is a gift. It is a true gift from the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that I can explain that. So that's why I say to y'all, don't be surprised if the gift or the gifts that you have been provided by God are generally in in conflict with your general disposition or your general nature. That happens very, very, very often. Um, Another thing I want to tell you guys about about spiritual gifts is this. Um, Oftentimes, it is easier for others spot your spiritual gifts and it is for you to spot your spiritual gifts I've had this conversation with a lot of people over the years and, they, and who have told me uh, that they just didn't know what their gifts were, they couldn't figure out what the, what, what, what the Holy Spirit had endowed them with as far as their, uh, their, their talents their abilities, their, uh, their resources that they've been, they've been granted and they're telling me this and I'm listening to them and their gifts are so doggone obvious to me so clear a lot of times that's the case. I would say probably the majority of the time, in my experience anyway, that's the case, where it's easier for others to spot gifts in us, than it is for us to uh, spot, those, spot those gifts ourselves. Shirley, uh-huh. I, I, you're back there talking, ain't you? <laughs> that's what you do. Then you get busted. <laughs> but I'm going to tell a story about you, um, Shirley, and I hope that you don't mind me sharing this. I, I, don't, I don't think that you would. Um, but but Shirley was one of these people at one time, and, and I think I think this conversation came up with me and her, maybe one or two others during one of our life groups. But she basically said the same thing, you know. She said, "I you know I, I really don't know what my spiritual gifts are, you know. I, I really I really can't figure out what, what God has gifted me with." Um, but Shirley's spiritual gifts were so, at least a couple of them anyway, were so clear to me. They're just so so very plain and so very obvious. Clear Shirley. If y'all know her, and I don't realize everybody here doesn't, but that's okay. You'll still get the point of what I'm saying. Shirley is gifted with the gifts of mercy and service, without a doubt. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it all day long. To say that she goes up above and beyond to help other people, oftentimes when it's very, very inconvenient to her, would be a, gray, a gross understatement. She's always eager, and she is always willing to extend a helping hand when it's needed, even if it's not convenient for her. Her husband, Tony, is the absolute same way. Both of them have this gift, this gift of mercy. What about service? Let me ask you all this, churchgoers. Have you all ever not seen Shirley Mallory at one of our outreach events or one of our church-related events? It is a rare, rare, rare rare occasion. She is always Johnny on the spot. She's generally the first one to get here and the last one to leave. Shirley has the gift of service. Now, she didn't recognize that about herself, apparently. you know, she, I don't know how long she'd been struggling with that question, you know, trying to figure out her spiritual gifts, but apparently it's just something that she didn't notice about herself. All of us, 80-90% of us, can look at her today, and we know exactly that that's at least bare minimum, bare minimum, of the gifts that she has been given, that help build our church locally, uh, that help build our church spiritually, that help build the kingdom of God, she has been equipped with those gifts for those purposes. So, so maybe you might want to talk to somebody if you got if you got. And I'm gonna give you another resource to check out too. But if you're struggling trying to figure out what you've been gifted with, maybe just ask ask another brother or sister, because it's so easy. Very often for another person to be able to spot that before you do. Um, and that's something else, I'm not, I'll, I'll throw this in there too. That's something else, I'm not speaking of service. That's something else I, I think it's weird, but it's really cool that so many people at Bemis United Methodist have been gifted with the gift of service. You don't find the level of participation in every other church that I've ever been involved with, to be honest, percentage-wise, that you do, that you find at Bemis United Methodist. You ask somebody to help out with something, they, again, they're Johnny on the spot here, man. You know, th- we got four guys here who have been going out to ta- Camp Tiger for every day for the last two weeks, busting their rear ends like I ain't ever seen before, because somebody just said, "Hey, we we need a little bit of help." Those guys responded, man. Hot dogs and Jesus, back to school stuff, all this all this stuff that we do to serve the local community. Y'all are on the ball, man, and that is a uh, that's really cool. It, it's to me, I think it's really odd. Per- again, percentage wise, that we have such a ho- such a large percentage of people who are uh, who are gifted with that with that gift of service and uh you can just see it play out it's it's so it, again it's so it's so obvious um that that is a spirit here at bemis and, and i'm grateful for that that's it's just a really cool aspect of our church to me church the holy spirit has been poured out on every one of you that's what i want you to go home with today that's what i want you to know this morning that's what i want you to to really embrace you've been gifted uh, more than likely, you've been to with multiple gifts, and I want you uh, to be able to recognize those, and I want you to be able to utilize them in your role as a as a priest of of, of God's church. you remember we talked about the priesthood of believers all uh, two or three weeks back? This idea that all of us, uh, you know, we don't all of us aren't ordained or are called to be pastors and preachers and all that stuff, but all of us, all of us are called and have the authority. To uh, to spread the gospel, to be agents of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Um, so that's the calling of every single person that's in this building right now. Um, so this is what equips us to do that. I want you guys, I want you to understand that. I want you to realize that, yeah, Holy Spirit's giving me some gifts, you know. And uh, it's it's really more of an encouragement than anything else. If you don't think you're gifted, rest assured you you are. So I'm gonna wrap up by giving y'all one other one other resource. Two ways. If you if you're struggling with your if you're struggling with what your spiritual gift or gifts are ask somebody else and or come uh check out this resource that i'm gonna get that i'm gonna give to you here in a second can y'all throw up that next slide carl um if you're unsure about your spiritual gifts this is a this is a cool little resource that i found that i've used these things are not always very reliable there's a lot of spiritual gifts inventories out there that you can find on the internet um some of them are okay some of them are eh. Um, this one, this one, I have found is is, is pretty doggone good, and it, it's one that it is put out by the United Methodist Church, and uh, you might want to take a picture of that if you're interested in in, uh, in checking it out later. But it's UMCdiscipleship.org/backslash/spiritual-gifts-inventory, and uh, again, this is this is what um, this is one of the better ones that I've found, and one of the more accurate ones that I found, um, and it will not take you a whole lot of time to, to do it. I think it's like 70 multiple choice questions, stuff like that. Maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes tops. Um, but it'll it'll put all these questions together and ask this stuff about your talents and your interests, those types of things. And it'll spit out um, generally I think the, I think it spits out like your your first three primary gifts and then it'll, it'll give you a little bit list of a list of a few more. But again I've taken it a number of times and generally for the mo- most of the time I, I'll, I'll get the same responses. I'll get the same results out of it. and the results that I have gotten have been, have been pretty accurate. Um, again, there's a lot of these you can find on the Internet that are not eh, not that great, not that reliable, but um, so far, the times I've used this one, it, it, it has been. Um, so if you're struggling with that, you know, uh, check it out. Check out that website and, uh, and talk to your brothers and your sisters and uh, figure out those gifts, man, and, and, and take those gifts and, and run with them uh, to serve your local church and to serve, to serve uh, God's kingdom. Pray with me. Gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit that we celebrate today on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, may we celebrate your spirit every, every, every day God not, may, not, just, not just one day a year may we realize the, the uh, true presence of your spirit who is always with us the, uh, the guidance of your spirit who, who pushes us and pulls us in your direction and uh, prompts us toward action uh, to, uh, to, uh, to care for the spiritual, the emotional the sp- uh, physical lives of others open up our hearts to be able to respond hear that voice God when we hear that prompting when we feel that prompting uh, open us up to the reality the very true reality of your Holy Spirit that's always with us in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit we pray amen